Dear Heavenly Father, I come to you now in the strong name of your Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. And I pray that your Spirit will prompt wisdom and passion, even in this prayer, for the people who you love in Latvia. You love Latvians. You've loved them for 4,000 years when they moved from India. This is Let's Go 360. Your entryway into where and how the gospel is being spread around the world, here, near, and far. Presented by Christ Church of the Valley, also known as CCV. One church with locations across the greater Phoenix area, with plans to expand wherever God wants them to go. For more than 20 years, our host has committed his life to this cause. Here is your host and lead missions pastor of global and local missions at CCV, Larry Fraley. Well, we're so excited about today's episode. Today, we are going to talk about Europe. So much about Europe we can relate to here in the U.S. Many in Europe are so discouraged right now and feel a little cynical about the future. Does that sound familiar? And as freedom of speech and religion are becoming more limited, anger grows towards the government and towards each other. Distrust is high of politicians and their overall effectiveness to solve issues that plague countries. Europe is in desperate need of a, of a spiritual revival because the only one who can lift the weight of hopelessness and despondency from Europe's shoulders is Christ. When we look at Scripture, we see Christ challenging his followers to move them from their initial positions of unbelief to a point of spiritual maturity. That disciple-making process was so clearly role-modeled by Christ and taught by Christ himself. He asked his disciples to see for themselves, then to believe, and then to follow him. And of course, we we read the very clear instructions five times, five different scriptures in the New Testament as Jesus was begin his, beginning his departure and he was giving his final commands to go and make disciples. And that's exactly what Josiah Venture is doing in walking with youth people throughout that process of disciple-making, challenging them to take the next step in the journey from unbelief to spiritual maturity. And today... I have a good friend, Kelly Hargan, the director of Josiah Venture USA. Now, I had the privilege of working with Kelly in Czech Republic back in 2019, and I left so encouraged by the heart of their youth. What I saw in Josiah Venture boldly standing on the front lines of ministry in a spiritually dark place, I saw lives transformed. Kelly, welcome to the show. Thank you, Larry. I really appreciate being here and the relationship we share with you and CCV. Well, before we dive in, why don't you tell us a little bit about you and your family? Okay. So I am married to uh, my wife of 43 years, Donna, and uh, we have three grown children. Two of them are married. And uh, I guess the closest thing we have to a child right now is our four-year-old Beagle. And uh, he keeps us busy. (laughs) We... uh, yeah, we, we enjoy Don and I get to work together in Josiah Venture. So as I'm director for JVUSA, she's also an HR rep um, for new missionaries and for existing staff over in Europe. So um, we love doing what we do, and we've been with JV now for 15 years. 
Wow. Well, tell us a little bit about your story. Where did you come to Christ and how did you get involved with Josiah Venture? Okay. So um, I always kind of joke that I became a, a, a believer nine months before I was born. Um, I was born into a Christian home and just enjoyed um, the blessing of, of having a godly um, dad and mom and grew up in the church. And I really, you know, I can remember really, I guess, praying to ask Jesus into my heart when I was a young child. Um, but it feels like it's it's always been there because of uh, kind of the environment I was raised in. And uh, so when uh, we began our, our life together, Don and I was working and and uh, we, uh, I guess we could say that we were involved in a, what we thought was a secure corporate environment and uh, felt God's call in the ministry. But it took me a long time to respond to that. But finally we did. And so that put us into full-time ministry. Well, I know God's used you in amazing ways because I've seen, I've seen it firsthand. So tell us about Josiah Venture. What's it all about? So we are a ministry located in Central and Eastern Europe. We're in 16 countries, and they're all formerly communist countries. And so as we look at the landscape over there, um, after some 60 years of communism prevailing in those countries, the, the church was left pretty lifeless without, um, without young leaders to really carry it on. And so we would see, you know, a remnant of older believers in churches, um, sometimes 10, 15 people in a church, um, mostly gray hair, wonderful people, but we could just really see where the gospel really wasn't being promoted and advanced like we believe God wanted it to be. So our focus is to equip young leaders to fulfill Christ's commission through the local church. So we are a youth ministry oriented organization, and we're always on the lookout for young leaders, whether they be um, a bright high school age student or somebody in their 20s that's really investing their life in ministry. And we come alongside them and equip them and help them do ministry. Um, train them in the strategy of Jesus. He talked about making disciples, Larry. That's what we train them in, is making disciples the way we see Jesus laid out those patterns for us in Scripture. Now, you and Donna, you spent a lot of time in uh, Latvia, right? Yes. What was, what was that so like? I had been a, I'd been a youth pastor for some years, and we started taking teams over there, and just really felt God calling us to go there. Um, and one of the things that I think God used to do that was, I guess, in our, in our ministry, since we entered youth ministry kind of later than the normal, we relied a lot on younger leaders, college-age students, young married people. And we saw a lot of young leaders there. They call them national interns, but sometimes there were 17-year, 18-year-old students that would go to camp and help out with camps. And they they really had a passion for Jesus. They wanted Christian community, but there was nobody really to shepherd them the rest of the time. And so we kind of felt that in our hearts and moved over there. And for 10 years, we we lived in the city of Riga and really raising up a team around us. And God did just incredible things, bring us the right people for the team, building that team. We started training youth leaders, started working in youth ministry ourselves, um, helping churches that that had a desire to see their youth ministry grow, coming alongside them and helping them learn what it means to do ministry and make disciples. 
Um, we started outreach ministries. So it was an exciting time. It was hard. If you know where Latvia is, it's way up north. It's uh, the same latitude as Ketchikan, Alaska. And so we had some long, dark, and cold winters. And uh, it was a long ways from home. But uh, we loved what we did. And uh, we still keep in close touch with those people there. So Latvia, for the, for our listeners, is is in the northern part. It's it uh, just south of uh, Estonia, correct? Correct. So south of Estonia, across the Baltic Sea from Sweden, and our eastern neighbor is Russia. Mm. And now, did you did you live on the coast, or were you in in the? Yeah, we lived in the capital city, which is on the what they call the the Bay of Riga. We call it a Gulf of Riga, and so there was a port there. Um, it's a, it's a very forested rural nation. And so the largest city was just, was just about under 900,000 people, but there's only about 2 million people in the entire country. So a lot of smaller cities, small villages. Mm-hmm. So what was it like, or what is it like for a teenager growing up in Latvia? How's it, how's it different from a teenager growing up in the U S generally I'll say there is um, and of course, this is dependent on where you live, either in the city or in the more rural areas. But there's very economically challenged. They would live in a in an apartment with their family. There may be a family of four or five living in a two bedroom apartment. Um, if they lived in the rural part of the country, education opportunities would um, would diminish in high school sometime. Sometimes they're what we call their sophomore, junior year. They'd be forced to move to the city if they want to continue education. Um, and so they would leave home. A lot of times they would live away from home, um, even at 16 years old, um, to go to school. Um, opportunities for entertainment are less. Of course, in the countryside, there's really nothing to do to keep them busy. In the city, we have all kinds of uh, different things going on, but you know, a lot of those don't really foster a healthy, a healthy growing up either. So. Uh. Yeah. So, you know, I've reading so much about how the world is becoming urbanized. What, what used to be, you know, classified as, you know, the urban and rural uh, settings are now kind of blending to where the, the villages now have coffee shops that, uh, you know, the kids go into, which would be the same that would happen in, in the urban cities. And there's a new word that I read just the other day called globalization, which is mm-hmm. this, this melding of urban and rural um, lifestyles to where the cultures are, are kind of um, blending together. The other thing that is uh, not uncommon, especially in Europe, and it's becoming more and more uncommon here in the U.S., and that is this idea of third culture kids. Are you familiar with that term? I am in the missionary sense. Yes. Yeah. Is so it's, it's pretty amazing how there's, how usually we can associate ourselves with our country, you know, and, and even, even if two parents uh, marry and one may be from, I don't know, the Philippines and the other one from China, uh, they end up having children that are born and raised here in the, in the U S yeah. it's like, okay, what, what culture is this family? <laughs> um, is it 
Filipino? Is it uh, Chinese? Right. Is it American? And the answer is yes. It's all three, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah, we see that a lot with with missionary families because you have somebody that goes overseas to serve, whether they're from U.S. or Canada, U.K., but they're living in a foreign culture and their kids are raised there going to school. And most of their friends are are Czech or Polish, um, and yet they're raised in an American home. So they really are something, and they it's it's a rich existence, but it's also it's also one that can kind of leave them questioning where their identity really lies. Mm-hmm. Uh, what what culture am I part of? Yeah. You're part of several, right? They feel they don't they don't feel they really truly belong to any one of the cultures. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I guess the blessing is that they get get to have a a cross-cultural experience and uh, perhaps become experts uh, that can have some influence on other third culture kids, I guess. Right. What kind of uh, programs does Josiah Venture have? How do, how do you make disciples? Yeah. So we have our staff, our full-time staff, if they're what we call second culture staff, people have moved over there from their home country. Um, they, they're embedded in a local church. And so they start building relationships in a local church environment. And there may be a youth ministry there. There may not be, there may be some young people, um, maybe just a few, but they just start building relationship with those people, whether they're youth leaders or students that are attending the church and, and start working towards creating a, an environment um, that we would typically call youth ministry here in the States. And to help move things along, we do, well, of course, we're doing training with those youth leaders all along in the strategy of Jesus. And so to help them advance and to gain some experience, one of the first things we started doing many years ago was doing summer camps. And they're all English camps at that point. And so these guys are learning how to do expanded evangelism, how to to put together a team and how to lead a team and how to actually communicate their faith to their peers. Um, And those have been extremely fruitful through the years. And we've seen youth ministries really grow from that. And churches understand, begin to understand what it means to really build bridges to, to the unchurched. We also do sports ministry, which is, and one of the distinctives of JV is all these ministries I talk about, these programs, they're all rooted in local churches. And so sports programs that are rooted in local church will create a league where churches can join and recruit non-believers to, to learn floorball or or play soccer, those types of things. Or we do a lot of CrossFit gyms where we bring kids in and actually teach them CrossFit and have devotionals and build relationships to those things. We have a performing arts ministry, which is called Fusion, and it uses a rock choir to 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 cultivate. Because I remember taking you in 2019 to a rehearsal where we had kids come in and they're learning to sing, they're learning to play guitar, learn to play drums. But it's, they're all just excuses to build relationships and, and to get an audience and build bridges from that local church. And so out of those, they, we do we do some devotionals, we do retreats. But the real ministry comes in just building relationship and leaders inviting kids out to do pizza or go to a movie or, or things like that and just deepen those relationships and do life with them. So 
there's various ways we do it, but again, they're all tools to reach unchurched kids. Well, that's what I appreciated about uh, what I saw uh, during the visit there. And I, as I talked with several different country directors, there was a a leadership con, uh, convention or not a convention, but a gathering, a summit. Um, yeah, conference, where, yeah. conference where all the country leaders were in. I got to I got to speak with a few of them, and what I really liked is there wasn't any one cooker cutty cutter approach. Mm-hmm. Um, it was it was kind of left up to the director of that church or that community to come up with ways to reach these the youth. And you mentioned CrossFit, which I I remembered because I met the one guy that actually started a CrossFit gym in his garage, mm-hmm. and he had kids from the neighborhood coming and uh, working out with him on different days. And so it was just really creative. And there was a lot of different uh, stories like that from the different directors. Uh, music was obviously a, a, um, a, a way, a gateway into reaching mm-hmm. these kids. And I remember watching them rehearsal. They, they just assumed that I was coming from the America and that I must have some sort of music talent. <laughs> and, uh, you know, one of them asked me, what, what do I sing? What do I play? And I go, well, I'm not really your guy for that. Um, you know, I, I can, I can, I can play a mean uh, fishing rod, but that's there about you it. Go. But, uh, no, they, the kids there were just amazing. And what it reminded me of Kelly, to be honest with you, and I don't think I shared this with you. I have fond memories of growing up in a small church in Ohio. And my story is much like yours. I grew up, uh, I was born into a Christian home. My mother was a Sunday school teacher and my dad was a deacon in the local church. And I grew up in a very small local church where the youth group may have got, there may have been a couple of dozen of us, you know, at its high point. But the relationships that was formed with that small group of people and with that leader, uh, set in me a foundation that I, I can draw on to this day. And so I kind of saw that happening, that dynamic. And uh, it was so encouraging to see these kids with the smiles on their face and, and hope that they had um, for something better. And so uh, good job to you and your team. We love what we do. God has blessed us. Is there any new things that you're, you see in the, uh, the horizon for Josiah Venture? Um, I think what the newest thing we have right now is, is just really looking at how we continue to minister and, and to share the gospel and, and equip leaders with the whole Ukraine war going on. Um, and this summer has kind of opened up some things for us because we've got, of course, we've got a huge, exodus of refugees coming out of Ukraine or can have come out of Ukraine. And a lot of those are teenagers and they're in spread out across our countries. We see a lot in, in Slovenia and in, in Czech and Germany, et cetera. And so how are we really looking to, to integrate our ministry to them? Because, you know, we had a team of 30, I think 36 people in Ukraine. And so it doesn't mean our ministry there has ended. It's changed. Um, but it's also spread out of Ukraine, still to Ukrainians. And so we've been working this summer has been interesting because we're looking at like how we do um, 
some integration type things where we actually give kids tours of the city they're living in, give them a good perspective, familiarize them with that, and connect them to local churches. Um, we use like the Amazing Race is one of the types of events we do to kind of like bring them in. And so I think one of the newest things for us is how we are doing cross-cultural ministry in a cross-cultural situation, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. I mean, we get people that are working in Czech or Poland or Latvia working with those countries, but now they're also working with Ukraine. And so that's been, uh, it's been a blessing, but it's also a learning curve and an adventure. Well, I think we'll both agree that God is on the move right now. And and from my perspective, from what I can see, I don't recall certainly a time in my lifetime when I have seen God move in ways that, um, that I never would have imagined. And a lot of it is because of of COVID, I think that uh, allowed a lot of different things to, to take place that we normally wouldn't have, have seen. Yeah, yeah. Well, as we wrap up here, what um, what's Josiah's venture's biggest need? Uh, I think our our need really, I mean, it, it comes down to people. Um, we do... Obviously, we do a lot of summer camps. We do a lot of a lot of activities which require people to run them. And of course, the last couple of years have really have really paused a lot of that, a lot of the growth and, and people coming. And so, I think our biggest need right now is just to keep moving forward. Prayer, how we handle Ukraine, prayer, how we then ramp back up to kind of the levels of things that we we're at. We were doing. And it's happening. We were doing, you know, over 100, 120 camps a year. We're back up to 80 camps this year. But again, it's um, it's all hands on deck. And I think that when we're doing that kind of work without a lot of outside help, it it it's exhausting. So, I mean, that's, I think, just, just I think, prayer that, that we keep moving ahead and listen to God, but then also that with people and whether it's a mission team or interns or full-time staff, just God really moves in their hearts to resume what they were doing before the pandemic, I guess, in ministry. Well, we'll certainly keep you in prayer. And and so as we wrap up here today, I want to make sure our listeners know that we will include uh, josiahventure.com in our show notes so that you can go to their website see their needs. You'll be able to see Kelly and his beautiful wife, Donna, um, on the website there and in, in the, underneath the leadership. You'll read about all the different countries and the different things that they're doing there and uh, really making a, uh, an amazing difference in transforming the lives of a lot of these kids. Well, Kelly, thanks for joining us today. And I look forward to the day that you and I can travel again, um, maybe to some other uh, European country that we can kind of see what God is up to through Josiah Venture. I guess I'd be, if we got one more minute, I guess I'd be remiss if I didn't just ask also for just prayer for Ukraine, for our team and for the country and just for the end for this conflict. Um, it's it's interesting, the different perspectives. I know that the um, Dave Patty, our president, was on a conversation with a, with a seminary in Lviv, Ukraine, not too long ago, and he closed the prayer, and the seminary president said, 
told God, thank you for allowing me to live through such a time of opportunity as this. Wow. And so while it is a horrible situation, there's great open doors for the gospel there. Wow. Well, God certainly uses times like this um, to bring us together, and we'll certainly be praying about your involvement with Ukraine there and for the Ukrainian people yeah, and the leadership of Josiah Venture. Thank you, Kelly, for joining us. Thank you, Larry. This has been Let's Go 360, your visibility into what God is doing worldwide as we talk with those living out the Great Commission, inspired by the Great Commandment, so that we'll stand with the great multitude before the throne when the mission of God is complete. May God bless you as we go and send those here, near, and far. Thanks for listening.